This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. We have another special guest today, Dr. Alan Stephen Leica. Dr. Leica was acknowledged as one of the leading cosmetic dermatologists in the world for three decades. A pioneer in cosmetic surgery, he was able to help removing skin cancer with 99% success rate. He has lived and practiced in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada since 1989. He's written 17 books, 30 plus academic papers, and hosted the number one internet radio show in the world, Inside Cosmetic Surgery Today. He is a co-founder of Doctors for the Practice of Safe and Ethical Aesthetic Medicine and founder of the Canadian Skin Cancer Association. He won the prestigious Consumer's Choice Award for Cosmetic Surgery for 16 consecutive years. In 2003, Dr. Leica's life changed drastically when he suddenly developed a right foot drop while on vacation with his family at Disneyland. He promised his wife he would explore it, and after seeing many doctors, was misdiagnosed with having ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease. Still, he maintained his status as a leading cosmetic doctor for 30 years, and he later discovered he had chronic Lyme's disease. Because of what he learned through the experience, he left his practice and co-authored the best-selling book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life with Harriet Tinka, a former fashion model and woman of distinction. He has also authored two more books, Blue Talks, as well as one with Jack Canfield entitled The Pillars of Success. Both also became bestsellers during the COVID crisis in 2020. Currently acknowledged as a leading expert in living a fantastic life and turning points, he is a transformational speaker, thought leader, coach, and mentor. He is happily married to Dr. Lucy Bernier-Leica for 38 years, and they have four lovely daughters and seven beautiful grandchildren, and he counts his family as his most important accomplishment. I am delighted to welcome Dr. Leica to our show today. Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another show, When Spirit Calls. Uh, of course, I have another amazing guest with us today. Dr. Alan Leica is here with us. Hi, Dr. Leica. Hello, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing so good. And I am so excited to spend this time with you. Uh, you and I have gotten a chance to spend a bit of time in small doses. And every time I just feel so enriched after. Uh, so I'm delighted to have you on as today's guest. That's well, thank sure. you for having me. It really is a pleasure to be here. Ah, uh, thank you. So why don't you start us off, Dr. Leica, and tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of who you are and, and what the heck you're up to today? Sure. My journey, you know, is, is a long one, but you know, it started on this path back in 2003, and I was walking with my wife and my youngest daughter in Disneyland. And, you know, it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. But my wife turned to me and said, what's wrong with you, hon? I, I was taken aback. You know, for once in my life, I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong, dear. <laughs> but she persisted. What's wrong with you? I said, dear, I 
don't think anything's wrong with me. She said, listen to your foot. I said, what do you mean, listen to your foot? She said, it's flapping. I said, dear, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. She said, no, it's flapping. So I listened to my foot and it was slapping on the pavement with each step I was taking. She, you know, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. Wow. My wife said, did you have a stroke? And I said, dear, if I had a stroke, I'd probably be lying on the pavement saying something unimaginable and, and something would be very, very wrong. Well, she said, you know, when you get back, you better get this checked out. Well, Deanne, when your wife gives you that ultimatum or your yes. significant other gives you that ultimatum, what do you do? You well, get it checked out. You get you it get checked it. out. Exactly. So I saw dozens of doctors, probably hundreds of doctors, and they literally did every test known to man. They did CAT scans. They did brain scans. They even did scan scans. And, and you know what they showed at the end of the day, Deanne? What did they show? They showed absolutely nothing. Nothing. The doctors were befuddled. They thought I had a brain tumor or they thought I had a slip disc or something they can pin it on, but they found nothing. Wow. And you know what doctors do when they find absolutely nothing? What do they do, Dr. Leica? They do more tests and more <laughs> tests and more tests. They're not going to be stopped with no answer. And at the end of those tests, they still showed absolutely nothing. Wow. So they said, you know, we're going to send you to a world-leading neurologist, the brain guy. He's got all the answers to these complex problems. I'm going to send you there, they said. Well, I went to see a neurologist. And he, I walked in and he, I said, hi. He said, hi, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. In six months, you're going to be dead. Get your affairs in order. Oh, my gosh. So I shot back at him. Is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. Oh, <laughs> oh well, I shot my. back at him. I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. But you know, when you go through this, Diet, you go through a lot of phases. You go through the phases yes. of death and dying that Elizabeth Grubler Ross wrote in a book on death and dying. And you go through anger. You're mm -hmm. angry at, at everything. Yeah. I was angry at my patients. I was angry at my wife. I was angry at my kids. And, and they knew I was mad, but yeah. they didn't yeah. know why. I, I went through a phase of bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. Yeah. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. Yes. But I didn't think God was listening, at least not that. You go through denial, you know, and I'm not talking about the river in Egypt. I'm talking about denial. You deny that you have anything. Yeah. So I'd work 12, 14 hours a day. I'd immerse myself in work. Yes. And I'd say there was nothing wrong. But I knew something was wrong. My right leg was getting worse and my right hand was getting worse. I couldn't do the things with my right hand that I used to do. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I became a left-handed surgeon. I learned how to do everything with my left hand. Now, the good thing is my disability came on slowly so I could adapt. But the answer was it was 
interesting because surgery is not built for left-handed people. There are not the tools to use, you know. Right. Uh, back then, there were no left-handed scissors a surgeon could use. There were no <laughs> tools. So I had to develop them all myself. Wow. And then you go through depression. Deanne, have you ever been depressed? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's one of the worst things. That's where everything is black. You stay in bed all day staring at the ceiling saying, why should I get out of bed? It's not going to matter anyhow. You can't eat. You can't sleep. Life takes on a very, very dark yes. meaning. I call them the black days because that's yes. what they were. They were very yes. black. Yeah. I even had a plan to kill myself. You know, I decided that I'm not going to die by ALS gasping in for air if that's what I had. But before I did that, I went to my wife and I said to my wife, I said, dear, what do I have? She said, I haven't got the faintest idea, she said, but you don't have ALS, she said, and you're smart. You'll figure it out. I said, dear, I've seen hundreds of doctors. They couldn't figure it out. She said, you're smarter than that. You'll figure it out. Well, back in those days, 2003, 2005, there was something new invented. You might have heard of it. It's called the Internet. Mm. You ever hear of that, Deanne? Not internet. <laughs> Not internet, yes, but it was very primitive back then, you know. Yeah. We had to use dial-on connections. That's right. <laughs> you had to put your phone in a cradle, and it'll phone up another phone, and it'll go, yes. that obnoxious <laughs> sound that went on for like 15 minutes. Right. Finally, it connected, and when it connected, you only could talk by a very primitive language like DOS because there wasn't any memory in computers back then. Mm. They were very, very primitive. So you had to do a good thing. I had friends that were nerds and they could search the internet for me. Now I found the internet to be the most amazing place with great things, but also garbage cans. And you can't tell the great things from the garbage cans that are there. Yeah. And it's still that way today that there's so much garbage out there. You can't tell the wonderful things from it. So, we looked and they found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz. Now, David had a story very similar to mine, but he got worse much more rapidly. And he was on his deathbed within a couple of weeks of getting his diagnosis. But he was so well known, doctors from around the world were saying, were coming up to say goodbye to David. Mm. And um, a doctor came up from Texas and looked at David and said, David, I don't think you have ALS. I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. David whispered because that's all he can do at that time. He said, what do I have? Well, the doctor from Texas said, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I think you've been bitten by a tick and it mimics ALS. So if I'm right, he said, I can start you on treatment and make you better. David said, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. Wow. So he started on treatment and within two weeks, he was like Lazarus arising from the dead. He was back to his normal self. Wow. Now, David was uh, decided at that time that he was going to find out more about this disease. And he started at a clinic called the Rocky Mountain Chronic Disease Clinic. And I thought, geez, I got to get in touch with this doctor. So yeah. I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I got in touch with them at the Methodist Hospital. And there I was able to find out more and we were able to talk. Wow. And he said, Dr. Leica, can you come down and see me? 
I said, when? He said, what about right now? I said, David, it's Thanksgiving in Canada. I can't come down. My wife's invited 50 people over. David said, aren't there any planes in Canada? (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't going to take that lame excuse. He said, get your ass down here. So I went to my wife and I talked to her. I said, dear, I'm not going to be here for Thanksgiving. She said, where are you going this time? You always seem to be away teaching doctors and things like that. I said, well, there's a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that claims he can help me. So I said, she said, well, what are you waiting for? I'll pack your bags for you. I'll get you to the airport. Don't worry about the Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I got to the airport. I got on a beautiful plane from Edmonton to Denver. It's a direct flight, two and a half hours long. But then I got on a rinky-dink puddle jumper from Denver to Colorado Springs. Have you ever been on a rinky-dink puddle jumper plane? I have been on a very small plane before. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, this one is particularly a challenge because the air comes off the desert at the end of the day, and it causes eddies, which causes turbulence. That means the plane will be flying along, and then it'll drop 100 feet without warning. (laughs) Then it'll climb again, and then it'll drop another 200 feet. So it's like the drop of death. It is. Over and over and over again. And by the time that 15-minute flight ended, everybody on the flight was green. I crawled off the flight, and there was David on the tarmac to me. And David... So we talked for hours and he said, you know, I think history is repeating itself. I think there is a way that I can help you. And he started me on treatment. And, but you know, when you go through something like this, Dion, you decide either you're going to be mean and arsenic and, and go along the same path you do, or you think, you know, is there something more I can do? Has God given me a second chance for a reason? Has he been giving me a reason to? So you look around and you look at the things you can do. You look at the ways you could give back. And, and one of the things I started to sponsor was a an event called the Women of Distinction event for the YWCA, mm-hmm. where we honored women in our society. Because, you know, women still do not get the kudos that they, they deserve and need, even in this day and age, even in our enlightened day and age. But so I decided that we were going to give back. And, you know, I sponsored the event. I was the main sponsor. And a woman by the name of Harriet Pinka applied for one of the awards called the Turning Point Awards. Now, the Turning Point Award was given for a woman that had really turned things around. Now, Harriet was a very special lady. She was a wonderful model in New York City, walking the cat ropes and doing the things models do. But she grew tired of that. So she decided to turn away from modeling and become an accountant. So she went to the University of Calgary in Calgary, Alberta, to take up her second love. There she met a very sadistic psychopath who ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her, and leaving her for dead. Whoa. I just got goosebumps everywhere. So uh, Harriet met somebody during her rehab from that. Somehow she got to the hospital. She doesn't even know how she got to the hospital. She got to the hospital, and there she met a little girl by the name of Amber. Amber was a girl that was very special who was in a wheelchair. She had lost use of both of her legs in a car accident, and she both of her parents were killed in that accident. 
but she was still as happy as a lark. And when she heard Harriet's story, she said to Harriet, what are you moping for? You got to use your life to empower others and pass it on. So the reason why she had applied for the award at the YWCA Women of Distinction was to meet me so that she could encourage me to write a book with her. And that's where we wrote the book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. Uh And in that, we basically talk about uh, 13 golden pearls in which we found. And 13 golden pearls are... um, you know, a pearl is a very unique thing, Dianne. Yes, it is. Do you know how a pearl forms? I actually am wearing pearls today, Tahitian pearls. Yeah. Yes. There you go. And this is the thing about golden pearls. They exist in Tahiti. They exist in, in the South Pacific. Mm. Uh, but they form because a grain of sand gets inside of the oyster yeah. shell. And instead yeah. of getting traumatized for it, they get walled up. And they produce this amazing material called luster that makes them beautiful. And a single solitary golden pearl is valued at upwards of $10,000 because it's so unique and magnificent. So, but the golden pearls we found inside of people's cells are even more magnificent because they are (laughs) even more rare. And when you polish those and take those to heart, those golden pearls make your life magnificent. And there are 13 of them, 13 marvelous ones that everybody has inside of themselves. Wow. I, you know, I, I, I love your story. And I, I, I think so many people have struggled with health issues and not been able to know what they are and, you know, really suffered in that. And that was part of my story too, of being chronically ill. And I'm so delighted that you got some answers and you're still here. You know, this is like 15, 20 years later, Dr. Laika, and you're still here. And, you know, now you're sharing a message and, you know, um, I, I want to talk about, you talked about, you know, that piece of depression. And I think many of the listeners can relate to this idea of being depressed or feeling depressed. And, um, you know, I, I can't even remember who told me this at one point, but it this stuck with me. And she says, Deanne, break down the word depressed, like say it slower. And I said, deep rest, deep rest. And so it turned my definition of depression into an invitation for deep rest. Yeah. And I I think what depression does in its reality, the reason why people go through that is because it's a preservative mechanism inside yes. of people and yes. it prevents people from getting hurt more. And yep. that's why it's there. Yeah. That's why it stayed as part of our, our lives and things like that. I, I agree. I really love that you shared that because I do think that it is a protection mechanism, but yet we give it such a bad rap, you know? And, and so the invitation I have for people listening is to consider that, you know, that energy of being depressed or um, feeling depression to understand that this is an opportunity for you to go inside, for you to explore those trenches a little bit. Because when we do, amazing things happen. I mean, look at you, Dr. Laika, you went through that depression, but you didn't, you, you kept going, you know, you allowed yourself to keep finding potential solution. And, and I think it's that little bit of, hope or belief that, you know, you can get out of it again, 
And sometimes we miss that, but you can get out of it. Yeah. And I, I think the important things about our down times in our life is they are the keys to our success. Yeah. If we don't have down times, we would never truly understand the successes we have. It's exactly it. We need so, the contrast. We need the contrast. So the depths of despair allows us to have the heights of exaltation. Yes. That's really important for people to realize. So don't think that the challenges are, are devastating. Just think of them as challenges that you have along the way and that you can climb out of those challenges. And, and that's why I tell my story so freely and, and evenly to everybody because I think everybody has that ability to climb out of those yeah. times when they're having difficulties and yeah. they shouldn't use them as something that's really harming themselves, but something that's better than that. Yes. It's a leveraging of those experiences. And I know that you're a master of leveraging whatever experience comes your way. Um, you know, you talked about a few things in your story and I, I definitely think spirit was calling you <laughs> in your experience. You well, know, As I said, at parts of my life, I said I had lost touch of that. I didn't yeah. think the spirit was hearing me. I didn't yeah. think he was hearing me. But you know, when you look back and at the course that I've taken, the answer is certainly he was guiding me along the way yeah. and was totally guiding me throughout all this. Yeah. And it was true that his the, the presence of the spirit was there and out I think people have to realize that sometimes the spirit is guiding you even when you don't know the direction that he's taking you on. Yes. Oh, I love that because spirit is guiding us even though we don't know the direction that it's taking us on. Um, and, you know, I think about you sponsoring that YMCA awards, like you and Harriet Tinka are not my first like matching up. I wouldn't match you guys up in any way. It seemed like a very odd pair. But once you stepped into that and you met her and you heard the story and then she heard your story, it was like, oh my gosh, this was a perfect pair. But that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have chosen to step into that role either, you know, exactly. and look at what you created. Exactly. We created a book that became a best-selling book that became a podcast. And then it became a syndicated radio show, which literally hundreds of thousands, millions listen to every month. Exactly. And so it's it's become a formative force on people out there and to help them live a fantastic life, lives that they wouldn't live otherwise. Uh -huh. So again, this is with some direction. It certainly wasn't without direction. Right. Yes, exactly. Even though we didn't maybe notice the direction that we were being given. Right. It's so beautiful. And so you've really cracked some codes here in terms of living this fantastic life. And I do believe we all deserve to live a fantastic life. So Dr. Laika, can you pull us like maybe your three favorite pearls from your book or things that really feel um, that you feel really make a difference in people's lives? Because I'd love to give them some of those that wisdom. You know, I'm going to start with love because I think love is one of the most important things that yeah. we all think. I think love is a, a very important thing. You know, there's two driving factors in everybody's life. One is love and the other one is fear. Mm. So you know, without love, I think you can never have uh, the true things that come about. 
And people have to literally have love and know love. Without love, they will never grow further. And, and I think love is, is something that people need and need to live about. I'm just going to read a little quote here from the beginning of that chapter because it helps to personify that. Yes. I believe that dreaming is stronger than reality. Desire is more potent than apathy. Hope is more powerful than despair. Mm. Joy always triumphs over sorrow. That laughter is the ultimate cure for man's foibles. And I believe love is stronger than hate, and it's the greatest gift of all. How do I know? I've been fortunate to experience them all. Mm, beautiful. And so that is one of my favorite. And then yeah, we go I love into, that. We yeah. go into one little story, and I'm not going to share the story there, because I'd like everybody to get the book and read the story in it. But it's the story of the shoebox, and it's a very fundamental story that tells the story of a little girl and her, her father, and it's about the love between them. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to dive into that. I, I think I got a copy here somewhere. I really need to finish my reading. I picked it up a few times and then never finished it. Well, because you're a busy person. Well, you know, I need an I need audiobooks now. <laughs> the nice thing about my book is you can read it in little bits and pieces. Exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, I also had a quote this morning and it, and it goes something like, well, it's not a quote, it's kind of a story, but um, how is your love, love life? He said, it's wonderful. I said, my whole life is love. And so the point being is that when we can allow ourselves to live in a state of love, you know, it's like it elevates us to this, this space, you know, it brings us into a space where we can receive the abundance and we can have the joys. And it's not just about receiving love. It's also about sharing that love too. So I just thought that was really cute. Okay. What's another one, Dr. Laika? Well, I'm going to go to one that I really like, and it's, it's about enthusiasm. And I'm going to tell you a story of Fred Carpenter. Fred was a carpenter and he literally uh, lived a life where he couldn't, um, do it any longer. He'd lived the life all his life and he couldn't do it. Uh, you know, he said, boss, I can't do this anymore. I've lived this for, for years and uh, I just can't do this anymore. So what happened next was he uh, went to his boss and the boss said, okay, Fred, I, I understand. He said, but you know, I'm devastated. Can you do one more thing for me before that happened, before you leave? And Fred said, of course, he said, I will gladly do something for you. This is the only job I've ever had. Yeah. And I would gladly do anything for you. So Fred uh, and the boss said, okay, can you build me just one more house? You're my master carpenter. Only you can do this. And Fred said, okay, I'll do it. But he did it begrudgingly. He dragged his ass to work every day. <laughs> and literally, I got there and um, just got it done. But at the end, a miracle happened. Uh, the house passed inspection. So he went back to the boss and said, okay, boss, I'm done. He gave the boss the keys. And the boss uh, 
I said, hold it, Fred. We're going to have a little party. So they cracked the champagne. They had the caviar. And, and then he said, hold, before Fred leaves, I'm going to give a little speech. He said, gather around, everybody. He said to everybody, Fred, this is your last day. I'm going to be very sad. But I know you're going to be happy. You're going into retirement, he said. And as a token of my appreciation, I'm going to give you the keys to the last house you ever built. Oh, wow. Now, the reason why I tell you that story, Deanne, is because enthusiasm is not a Monday thing. It's not a Tuesday thing. It's not a Friday thing. It's what you bring to the house to gain every day. Yeah. And it's your enthusiasm that makes the, the game that much yeah. more worth playing. Uh, and if you bring that, that's the game changer. Yeah. That's the changer that makes all the difference. Wow. A little bit of enthusiasm goes a long way, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I'm going to wrap things up because I'm being mindful of our time here. Um, but I know we can talk all day. Um, if people want to know more about those golden pearls, they can pick up the secrets to living a fantastic life. On... Yes, it's available on Amazon. And, yes. and that's where most people go. But also you can go to my website, drallenlika.com, D-R-A-L-L-E-N, lika.com. And uh, I, I'm sure you'll find out more. You can find out more about the services I offer there. Yes. And is the radio show on there as well, Dr. Leica, yes, so they can get sure. that? Definitely there. And all the things we offer, including coaching, etc. Amazing. That's wonderful. It has been such a pleasure. I, I think we might have to do this again. I feel like we've got so much more that we can be talking about. Uh, but this has been just a wonderful introduction to our audience in terms of who you are and what you bring to the table. And most certainly love and enthusiasm are two of those brilliant things. So Dr. Leica, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Have a fantastic day, Deanne. You too. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.